We're going to continue with our topic, which we began last week here, which is on the Beatitudes. Everyone say, be of this attitude. Amen. And you probably thought back to maybe a parent talking to you as a child. Come on, shape up your attitude. Uh, don't be of that attitude, but be of this attitude. And Jesus left us some, some strong words, some encouraging words on how to live a life that's blessed. Amen. How many are thankful for that? And, and so today I've titled this um, sermon, The Pursuit of True Blessedness, Embracing the Beatitudes. Embracing the Beatitudes. And last week as I began on this, I spoke on really the first five, six Beatitudes and found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. And it's a topic that's been on my heart all summer long because we've been looking at that in our Wednesday night Zoom Bible studies. We've been on the Beatitudes, on the Sermon on the Mount. And we've really been breaking it down and spending more time in there. How many know, though, it's not always easy to have the right attitude? All it takes is somebody on your way to church pulling out right in front of you, slamming the brakes on, and there goes your attitude. You, had, you started off with such a promising attitude. And you know, I know one thing about attitude. Attitude leads to actions. How many agree with me? Attitude. Good attitude leads to good actions. A bad attitude can lead to really bad actions. And, and Jesus is talking to us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. And he, he's talking to us about attitude because he knows that the enemy loves to stir that pot. He Because he, he knows what sets all of you off. All of you have a weakness, just like Pastor Rick. And he knows exactly how to set that weakness off. He knows how to stir that pot. But here's what I'm going to tell you today. You can't blame everything on the devil. Amen? The, you know, Anna, my mother, my late mother-in-law used to say, you know, the devil never sleeps. And this is true. But you can't blame everything on the devil. You and I have to take accountability for our own actions. How many know that's a, a truth right there? But here's the thing. As we focus today on two of these Beatitudes, the last two, I'm going to focus on the peacemakers and those that are persecuted peacemakers and those that are persecuted the first question i would ask you as we start off this afternoon is uh, do you think jesus's words regarding peace and persecution are outdated and not relevant today no that's that's foolishness his words the word of god is is the same yesterday today and forever it's true and powerful in your life and you were to take these words that are found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 and apply them to your life. The Beatitudes are really characteristics that every believer in this place should be displaying. It shouldn't be like you turn on a switch and, okay, now I'm in church. i got to behave this certain way. It should be a natural part of your everyday behavior. Amen? Because how many know that you were now a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, amen? And so that begins with our mouth, with our language, the way we speak. I don't speak the way I used to speak. I used to swear before. I don't say foul language is not a part of my daily language anymore. It's just not. 
there are many things that are not a part of my everyday language because I am a new creation in Christ. I have taken on these new characteristics of Christ. I now resemble more Jesus than I do the devil. Amen? And thank God for that, for all of you here as well. So let's begin and let's take a look at our sermon uh, text for today, which is found in Matthew chapter 5. And I just want to read the first 12 verses there uh, again, as I did last week. But let's start in verse 1. And it says, this is Jesus speaking here now. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then finally, uh, verse 10 and 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And verse 12, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen and amen. Did you, did you catch this? There's, there's blessing here with these characteristics, and I believe what the Lord has given us here are keys they're keys, amen? And they're keys to unlock blessing in your life. So let's go to the Lord, and I want to just pray for the remainder of this service right now. Father God, we just ask you right now, bring your anointing, bring your wisdom. Help us to open our ears to your word today that we might receive, Lord, the keys to unlock these characteristics in our life of what you're trying to teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So each of you should have an outline. If you don't have one, raise your hand. One will be passed out to you. And I want to look at what's on your outline. There's four ways to understand the Beatitudes. There's at least four ways. There's many ways that you can look at them. But I want to take a look at these four. Number one, they're a code of ethics for the disciples and a standard of conduct for all believers. Amen? I'm just going to quickly go through these. Number two, they contrast kingdom values, which are eternal, with worldly values that are temporary. Everybody say temporary. The values of this world are temporary. I want you to hear that and let it resound with your spirit. Why? Because eternity, heaven, is eternal. The, the, the values of this world are temporary. As a believer, you need to understand what values you're fighting for in this world. Are you fighting for temporary values or are you fighting for eternal values? Number three, they contrast the superficial faith of the Pharisees with the real faith Christ wants. You see, all throughout the New Testament, and especially here in, in the Gospel of Matthew, 
Christ is, is making the comparison between the Pharisees and the faith that the believers are supposed to have. Comparing the Pharisees and the belief of how they just looked pious on the outside, how they looked and acted the part, but inside they were missing the whole component of love, of what, what the main motive was. And then the final one, number four, they show how the Old Testament expectations will be fulfilled in the new kingdom today. One thing you have to understand about the Beatitudes, which I've mentioned here before, this was all a revolutionary way of looking at life. When Jesus was talking about if he hits you once, turn the other cheek. If he hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If somebody asks you to walk a mile, walk two miles with them. I mean, this was all revolutionary. These, these were people that were used to seeing and hearing an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hit me, I'm going to hit you harder, right? And so Jesus comes along and he's turning their world upside down, having them to think for the first time possibly in their life, challenging them, amen? Jesus is also saying that these Beatitudes, you have to take them as a whole. As you go through these, if you start off with the first one, as I've mentioned, they each build upon the other. Each one is like a staircase. You're walking up and walking up, and they unlock each step for you. Amen? And so the Beatitudes, what they're truly showing is the true character of a believer. Somebody say amen, because that is a truthful statement right there. You see, a, a citizen in God's kingdom, or that character that that believer should have, can only be produced by the power of God, by the word of God. And he's showing us here these keys. Now, keys are important. How many would agree with me? They, they unlock something. Amen? I've got some keys in here to the church. These are the keys to open up this building and the building in the front. And there's nobody else in here that has these keys. I'm the only one that can unlock this church on Sunday and any other time. They're very important. The Beatitudes are keys just like that to every believer here. I want you to look at it like that. These are keys to unlock something. And, and just think about that. A key unlocks something important. It's the reason why you have a key. Somebody you ha some of you have keys right now to your house in your pocket. And it's locked right now because you don't want nobody coming in your house. Amen? And uh, so God is telling us here, showing us here, that the Beatitudes are a key to your life, to living a blessed life. How many like blessings in their life today? Uh, how many want to be blessed this year? The remainder of this year, amen? How many want to be blessed with air conditioning, amen? And all of you raised your hands, amen. Um, so, so the Beatitudes are the keys to unlocking a blessed life for every single one of you. And I believe God wants to bless you. He wants to give you the blessings, and they're right here. You just have to unlock the key to get them. It's that simple. He's already saying, here you go, brother. Here you go, sister. It's right here for you. Can I get an amen? So let's take a look at the first one we're going to talk about today, which is blessed or blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, if we can put that uh, scripture up. 
The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know who's, the thought just came to me right now, you know who's not a children of God? All those that were on uh, the show, Jerry, Jerry, all those people, you know what I'm talking about. Those people were causing fights left and right. Uh, they're not peacemakers, amen? When, when Jesus uses the word peacemakers, he means this. He means one who has received the peace of God and then gives peace to others. Did you catch that? As believers, all of you have received his peace. When you receive Christ as your Savior and the Spirit of God filled you at that moment, you received his peace. But, but God doesn't give you something so that you can just hoard it for yourself. He wants you to share that peace with those around you. Have you ever wondered why you live next door to a cranky neighbor, to a cantankerous neighbor, to a complainer, to one that just is constantly negative about life? It's because he knows that you have peace to share to that person. Amen? God never gives you something for you to just hold on to it. What good does that do? You can't take it to the grave with you. Amen? So God wants us to give peace to others. Or another way to put it is someone who, who reconciles people to God, a bridge builder. Are you building bridges or are you demolishing bridges? That's what we do in life. We're either making bridges, building bridges, or we're blowing up bridges. And it's up to you and I to do that correctly, amen? I shared this, I think, on Wednesday night Zoom, but years ago, before I was a believer, talking about peacemakers, I was at a bowling alley with some friends, and there was some, well, just put it this way, we weren't in our right mind, and there was a security guard there, and one of my friends jumped on the security guard on his back, and we had, we're pulling him off, and um, we pulled him off, and I talked him down and calmed him down and calmed him enough so that he didn't want to fight anymore. And we left before the cops came and everything was good. But what I never forgot about that is somebody came up to me afterwards and said, you should be a counselor. That was cool the way you talked him down. And I was in my early 20s and uh, I never thought I'd be a counselor, never thought I'd be a pastor at that time. But the point is, I was not being uh, the true peacemaker. Yeah, I helped bring peace in that moment. But God wants you and I as believers to be promoting peace, to be bridge builders. Amen. And what he's talking about here in this scripture here in verse, um, verse 9, being a peacemaker, he's talking about character. Is part of your character creating peace at home? Are you creating peace at home or are you stirring things up? Are you the peace breaker or the peacemaker? Amen? Jesus is talking about character. And the question is, well, why is this so important? It's because the character of Jesus is peace. Isaiah 9.6, which is not in your scripture, says he is the prince of peace. Can I get an amen? That's part of his character. It's part of God's character. And, and the Lord wants you and I to be more like him, amen? And if we want to be more like him, we must have peace in our spirits. We have to emulate Jesus as a peacemaker. 
We shouldn't be out there jumping on security guards and causing fights with them or, or causing fights out on the street or on the highways and, and waving pe at people with one finger and, you know, threatening people in this world. We shouldn't have anything to do with that. We should be known as peacemakers. Amen? If we're truly children of the king, as we like to say here in this place, then we must be peacemakers. How many would agree with me on that? Blessed are those who receive peace and bring peace to others, for they are the sons and daughters of God. That's what the scripture is telling us. Blessed are those. You want to be blessed? Then be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Say that with me. Be a peacemaker. I want that to be ingrained in you because some of you are going to go home today. Some of you might go face a situation later tomorrow where there is no peace. And you have to remember this. God has called you to be a person of peace. Amen. Amen. The next one that we're going to focus on is blessed, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And this always reminds you and I that life isn't fair, is it? We all grow up really quickly to realize life isn't fair. Just because you're a good person, just because you're minding your own business, doesn't mean that you can't get caught up in stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 and 12. I want to read it again to you. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I'll stop right there. Many of you right now are hearing that and going, oh, no way. There no, there, there's not a chance that, they're gonna, that I'm going to allow that to happen. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to let them have it. I know what you're thinking right now because that's our normal human reaction. That's the carnal reaction. Amen. God has put a new spirit within you. And one of those characteristics of that is to be, to, to, to stand back and say, I'm a peacemaker, number one. And if you're a peacemaker, then that helps you right here when you're persecuted. It helps you to endure persecution. So verse 12 goes on to say, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Guess what? You're not the first person that's been persecuted. You're not the last one that's going to be persecuted. But, but there's a distinction here. Make sure you catch this. The Bible says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. If you're going out doing the right thing, and you're persecuted for it, the Lord is saying, you're blessed. Your reward is great in heaven. Don't worry about what goes on here on this temporal earth for 70, 80, 90 years. This is gone in a flash. We're talking eternal things, eternity, amen? See, for many of us, this eighth and final beatitude comes across as negative. It's a negative thing because the first seven Beatitudes that we heard up to this point have focused on humility, meekness, right relationships, 
mercy, purity of heart, and peacemaking. And all of a sudden, we just get slammed with this one. Oh, by the way, when you, when you behave like this, when that's part of your character, you will be persecuted. Well, nobody wants to hear that. None of us want to hear that we're going to be persecuted tomorrow at work or, or wherever you may go. That's just not what we're looking for in life. But Jesus knows that, that life is not fair and that you and I will endure persecution. And I want to give you some examples, spiritual values that are opposed to the world values. Again, the world values are temporal. These are going to be gone, just like, sink, like sinking sand. It's, it's going to be gone. Eternal values are forever. If you cherish purity, for example, your life will be an attack on people's love for, for free sex, for free love. If you believe God's plan is for a man and a woman in marriage, as the Bible says, then you will be criticized for being judgmental. If you embrace sobriety, your life will be a statement against the love of alcohol. If you walk humbly with God, you will expose the evil of pride. If you are spiritually minded, you will expose the worldly mindness of those around you. I mean, those are simple things. There are so many more things that you can think of. Examples where you and I could be persecuted for our faith. It's not something that I came up with or you came up with. It's the faith that we follow as Jesus Christ believers. Amen? So it's a reminder that in this world we will face challenges and persecution from the enemy, from people that oppose God's ways. Because how many go remember this? The prince of the air is who? Satan. Satan is the prince of the air. He controls the environment of the world we live in. That's why we have sin. It's why we have crime. It's why we have all the violence that we see in our society. And because of that, there's great power there. Amen? Again, going back to what I said earlier, but you can't blame the devil for everything in your life. Some things you got to be accountable for. Some things you got to stand up and say, yeah, I blew it. I'm now paying the price. So the scripture makes a distinction here. Persecution that arises from your unrighteous behavior is not blessed. Did you catch that? If you're getting persecuted because you did something foolish, because you did something wrong, God's not going to bless that. He's going to say, you on your own, man. You created that. You're, you deal with that. I'll still be here, but you got to walk through that. you got to figure that out. And really what he's doing is he's maturing us. He's maturing each of us. Amen? So, in other words, if we fail through our own fault, we should expect to suffer consequences. Amen? So just because you're born again believer in Christ does not mean you will not face persecution. Have we settled that in our hearts today? Do we, do we know that? Amen? That's a fact. The truth is none of us are exempt from persecution or suffering. Well, when will that happen, Pastor Rick? When we get up on the other side? When we go up yonder? That's when you will be uh, void of persecution. That's when all those things will be left behind. 
Amen. I can't wait for that day. Amen. Lord, take us, take us today. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm ready to go. Amen. Here, here's the, uh, the wonderful news as well here, especially in our country. We should all be thankful that we have this freedom to worship and praise God on any given day. It doesn't have to be a Sunday. It could be we're all gathered here in this church. Millions of people here in our country have gathered today to worship God Almighty. Throughout the world, we have that freedom, but it's not a freedom everywhere. There are still nations where people get persecuted and get thrown in prison for worshiping. There are people that get thrown in prison for owning a Bible. Amen. To this day, they're persecuted. All the, the early church of the 12 disciples well, actually, after Judas, there was 11 left. Ten of them died a martyr's death. The only one that survived was John the Beloved. And yet he was boiled in a vat of boiling oil, the Bible says, and he survived that. They were persecuted. They were fed to the lions during that time. How many are thankful that we are not fed to the lions anymore? Your persecution is not as bad as it was back in the day. Amen? So my point is, God will bless you if you endure persecution for his righteousness. For his righteousness. He will bless you. I, I want to remind you of another passage found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and verses 20 and 21. Jesus says, Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me... They will also persecute you. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Verse 21. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. See, Jesus wants you and I to understand that when you're persecuted, it's not because people hate you. It's because of what you stand for, who you stand for. Amen? You are persecuted not, not because that coworker hates you. It's because of who you represent. You represent purity, a holy God to them, and they can't stand that because it reveals the sin in their life. It reminds people of their sinful condition, whether they admit to it or not. Well, I know I wasn't going to take a long time because we got a lot, a lot of ice cream to eat today. So as I get ready to close, if I can have Bianca come up. It's important to know that even if we're wrongly persecuted for our belief or our devotion to God, that we shall be blessed eternally in the kingdom of God. If you're going through something here today, if you're going through a challenge, if you feel that you're being persecuted for righteousness, know this, child of God, that you will reap a reward in heaven. Amen you will reap a reward in heaven. And it's a reminder that we've all been impacted by the fall. I'm talking about the fall of mankind with Adam and Eve. That's one of the first conversations I'm going to have in heaven. I'm going to look him up and say, where's that woman of yours? I want to talk to her. What were you guys thinking? But how many know God has a plan? God has a plan, amen, and I'm, we're thankful for that. You see, nobody here is perfect. All of us 
are part of the fall still to this day. That's why we need to be reconciled to God. And as we become reconciled to him, he develops these characteristics in our life to be able to overcome life, to be able to overcome persecution. That eighth beatitude, persecution, reminds us that we live in a fallen world, every one of us. And I want to read one last verse today, also found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. Listen to these words. John 15 and verses 18 through 20. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Did you hear that? The world hated Jesus first. Verse 19, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you, he's talking about believers here. As it is, you, I want, and I want to read this again, but this time when I say you, I want you to insert uh, your name. As it is, Rick, do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. That is why the world can't see eye to eye with you. That is why the world judges you. That is, and on and on and on. We belong to Jesus, not this world. Our allegiance is to him, almighty God. Why? Because he is eternal. He is eternal. All these things here on this earth, the values of this world are temporal. They're all going to vanish one day. As the script, or as, not the scripture, but as you may have heard, you've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. I don't care what it is. But you and I will face persecution. But Jesus wants to remind you today that you will be blessed if you stand and endure. If you, if you endure, if you fight the good fight, amen? And when you do, the goal of Jesus for our lives is for you and I to have this character, but also to, to experience hope and joy regardless of your circumstances. That's really what the Beatitudes teach us, that regardless of whatever circumstance you're going through, you can still have peace. You can still have joy. You can still love people, even though the world may hate you or may not agree with you. We can still love everybody in this world, amen? Amen. And that's because we want to imitate Jesus Christ, our Savior God. I want you to stand with me today as we close. I just want to remind you today, these Beatitudes we've touched on these last two weeks, they're part of the character that Christ wants you to have as believers. And if you've heard today, whether you were here last week and you've heard these and saying, Lord, I'm lacking in this area. Lord, I really need help in this area. Then begin to ask him. Begin to reach out to him and tell him, Lord, I haven't been peaceful. Even in my own home, I'm, I cause division. I, I stir it up. Uh, I, I, I don't bring peace when I should. First of all, I would tell you, repent. Ask God to forgive you. And then begin to bring him your petition, your request in your life. 
and God will honor that. In fact, his word just says he'll bless you because of that. He'll bless you. Again, how many want to be blessed? Amen. That's all of us here. Use the keys found in the Beatitudes to unlock blessing for your life. Begin to use those on a daily basis. They're keys that, that the Lord Jesus gave you and I. But some of us are not using those keys. We continue to operate in the flesh, in our carnal nature, and try to fight the world that way and try to fight the devil that way. It doesn't work. We must develop the character of Jesus Christ, who was the Prince of Peace and endured all persecution. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father God, oh, how we love you today. How we thank you, Lord. We love and praise you and worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for these beatitudes that you've left us, Lord. That, God, that you desire that every one of us would have these characteristics just flow like a river out of our spirit. That it wouldn't have to be coerced or forced. That it would just be a natural expression of who we are. And that is because we are emulating our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for every person here today. And I'm praying right now with your heads bowed today. If, if that's you here today and, and you're struggling with these beatitudes, if you're struggling with one or more, just raise your hand right now so that I can pray for you, so that God could just fill you right now and give you wisdom and help you to manage this, these areas in your life. Lord, you see the hands. And I pray, Father, your blessing upon them, that, God, that they would look to you, that they, first of all, that they would repent. And so, Lord, we ask you that right now. Forgive us for not looking to you, Father, for not looking to you, first of all, and seeking help from, from you, our God and our Savior, but instead trying to do it our way. We ask you, Lord, right now, forgive us of that. And Father, as, as you forgive us, help us to look to you and trust you, Lord. As the Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own, your own ways, but guide us and guide our every step, Lord, every day of our life that we might be directed and that we might acknowledge your ways and every every facet of our life, Father. Lord, the Word says that we have hidden your Word in our heart that we might not sin against Thee. Lord, your Word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And I pray, God, that your Word would continue to be a light, especially to those that need a touch and direction in this season in their life. Bless your people, Father. Bless them today. And we give you thanks and we give you praise today in the mighty name of Jesus. And as always, we close with the blessing. So if you would just raise your hands one last time with me all across the room. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' wonderful name, hallelujah. Amen and amen.